invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to James chapter 3. James chapter 3, I'll begin reading at verse 13 to the end of the chapter, to verse 18. If you're using a pew Bible, that can be found on page 1201. James chapter 3, beginning at verse 13 to verse 18. feel that it's important every time we come to James, we need to be reminded of the fact of what kind of literature James' writings are, and um, it's important to know that the theme of James is what a Christian, active, genuine, living faith looks like. We need to be reminded that James isn't promoting a salvation by works. Uh, He is... Teaching. So with that, let us turn now to the reading of God's word, James chapter 3, beginning at verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Thus far the reading of God's holy word. Let's ask his blessing in a time of prayer. Oh, Father in heaven, we pray that you, by your divine wisdom and grace, would help us, O oh Lord, to not only understand your word, but to apply this word in our lives. Give us attentive ears to hear and eyes to see, so that we, O oh Lord, would grow up in faith, hope, and love that we indeed would see greater unity and peace within the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Congregation of Christ, here we have James, the author, unpacking what he said earlier in chapter 1, particularly verse 5, where we hear these words, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all who ask and yet he gives generously to all who ask with a believing heart one who doesn't doubt God's goodness and grace to give to his children his people here in James chapter 3 verses 13 and following James is unpacking that as he has been doing so far in the course of his letter And here in this text, this sermon passage, James teaches that there are two kinds of wisdom. Two kinds of wisdom. Wisdom from below and wisdom from above. Earthly wisdom versus godly, heavenly wisdom. The way of wisdom, the way of wisdom from above is the path that leads to peace in the community of saints, the church. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. 
Let peace be within her walls. Wisdom from above promotes, pursues, and practices peace, as we will see later on. And so this morning we reflect upon the way of godly wisdom, especially as it relates to the community of faith, but not excluding the relationship of wisdom from above and our dealings within our own personal lives and relationships. First of all, wisdom is justified by her deeds. The way of wisdom, the way of wisdom. How do you, how do you know the two different ways of wisdom? Well, wisdom is justified by her deeds. This may sound familiar, and we'll get to that in a moment. It comes from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Following James' exhortation to tame the tongue, James asks, asks, who is wise in understanding among you? That is, who has spiritual insight, practical insight and knowledge among you? Who knows how to put feet to one's faith? James says, by his good conduct, let him show, if you like to underline your Bibles, let him show, underline that, let him show his works in the meekness or in the humility of wisdom. In other words, if any one of you claims to be wise in understanding, let him show his wisdom by his works. This word show. We've, we've heard this before in James. We've heard this earlier in James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26. If you turn in your Bibles to chapter 2, verse 18, remember this is the section where faith without works is dead. And James says, But if someone will say, You have faith and I have works, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. A true Christian proves that he has true faith in Christ by his fruit, by his works. And so similarly, in chapter 3, verse 13, James is saying that the one who is truly wise and understanding shows his wisdom by what? His works. By his good conduct, let him show his works in the humility of wisdom. Again, James, as throughout the rest of his epistle, is influenced by his master teacher, the Lord Jesus Christ. For example, in chapter 11 of Matthew, we heard a sermon on that last Sunday morning. But at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus speaks to the crowds regarding John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the forerunner of the Messiah who will declare the coming of the Messiah to prepare the way of the Messiah and that he comes in the spirit of Elijah as prophesied by Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. Jesus in that passage, Matthew 11, calls out the hypocrisy of the religious leaders 
He calls out their hypocrisy and he tells the crowd, For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus says, Yet wisdom is justified by her children. Children there is an idiom to say, Wisdom is justified by her deeds, or proven right by her deeds. That's what justified by her. And yet the Son of Man comes eating and drinking, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard? Their wisdom is folly. In other words, by their works, their hypocrisy, they show that they have no wisdom at all. They do not have true godly wisdom. The test to determine a wise and understanding person isn't one's doctrinal or theological knowledge, but one's conduct that reflects God's truth. Don't miss that. You see, the Pharisees, they were smart. Oftentimes we hear about the teaching of the Pharisees and we think that they were, they were not educated in the Bible, in the Torah. They knew their Bible. They knew their Bible. The scribes knew their Bible. But they did not practice the Bible. The test isn't one's ability to speak true words only, but one's ability to conduct himself in accordance with the truth. Wisdom heeds counsel from the Word of God and makes decisions that honor the Word of God. It hears and heeds the truth. That's biblical wisdom. That's biblical wisdom. Oftentimes we think of wisdom as making a decision about which job I should take. Now, of course, there is a sense of wisdom there. You, you discern which, you know, the pros and cons of of each job decision. But biblical wisdom has to do with moral conduct. You can have a very smart theologian, a great professor of theology, who can be a fool. You can have the smartest pastor, elder, deacon, congregational member, and still be a fool. Because both knowledge and wisdom, that is, good conduct, works, are two sides of the same coin. That's what James teaches here. Wisdom is justified by her deeds. And the motive of true wisdom is humility. By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness or humility of wisdom. Now this can be translated in the humility which comes from wisdom. That's a legitimate translation from the original language. True wisdom in other words produces true humility and not arrogance or pride that masquerades as humility. Oh yeah. We may seem like we're exuding true humility. 
when we're deceiving ourselves, as we will see what wisdom from below looks like. Wisdom is justified by her deeds. There are two kinds of wisdom, wisdom from below and wisdom from above. And James will tell us now what wisdom from below really looks like. Look with me at verse 14, where we have the works of wisdom from below. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Are you starting to see why Ephesians 4, verse 17 and following were read? Are you starting to see why 1 John chapter 1 and part of chapter 2 were read earlier? As I read earlier, this was the heart of the opponents of the prophets in the Old Testament who sought their destruction, who walked in the wisdom from below, that is, Wisdom coming from earthly, unspiritual, and demonic realms. Wisdom from below comes from a heart where its desires are jealousy and selfish ambition. In other words, it's all about me, it's my agenda, what I want. What pleases me, it's love me as myself rather than love thy neighbor as thyself. It has one's self-interest in mind rather than the good and well-being of the people of God. Remember Psalm 122, peace is for the good and well-being of the people, of the Israel of God, of Jerusalem. But the works of wisdom from below derive from a heart that has passions of evil and self-interest and jealousy, bitter jealousy that takes root in the heart. And the works of wisdom from below originate, originate in what James says in verse 15. This is not wisdom that comes down from above But wisdom from below is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. The world, the flesh, the devil. That's where Martin Luther gets it from. The world, the flesh, the devil. John the Apostle also writes regarding these three. And the commonality between all three is that all three are fallen And there's a level, an order of things here. From the earthly, to the unspiritual, to the demonic, the pit of hell. Don't miss that. James works his way to the ultimate source of godless, earthly, worldly uh, wisdom. Demonic. This is not wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly, worldly. It's the philosophies of the world, the false, godless philosophies of the world. What you hear today in the news being propagated as wisdom is folly. That's that's earthly wisdom, what we hear 
when we look at the internet, when we hear what is being propagated by the people of this world, it's unspiritual. That is, it's the opposite of spiritual. Meaning it comes from a nature of one's flesh, one's sinful nature as opposed to the spiritual nature that has been revivified or enlivened or resurrected by the Spirit of God. You see, the Christian has become a spiritual being that is a, a being that has been made alive in Christ. Now, every human being is a spiritual being. But we're talking about the difference, the, the, the opposite between a, one who is made alive in Christ and one who is still dead in sin. That's what's being referred to here. And those works that are from below come from a heart that battles the passions of the sinful flesh. You know this. You know this. The things you know not to do, yet you do and wrestle with. Oh, I know I, I ought not to, to go to this site, website, but I have this passion and desire to go there. Oh, I have this strong desire. Oh, I have this strong desire to hate my neighbor. Or oh, I have this strong desire in my flesh. Yeah, the world's telling me to hate, but I have my own problem. I have to look in the mirror and see my own flesh that desires ungodliness that desires vengeance, malice, bitterness. You see, Paul and James are on, on the same wavelength here. Ultimately, it comes from the devil, the one who indeed makes great boasts, and our own flesh makes great boasts and lies in the truth. The world makes great boasts and lies in the truth. For many centuries, the relationship between the Christian faith and the philosophies of this world has been a point of contention. From the earliest of times, Tertullian, an early church father in the second century, once wrote about the wisdom of man corrupting the wisdom and truth of God. And he wrote, For by whom has truth ever been discovered without God? And he goes on to talk about this wisdom of God in contrast to the wisdom of man. He believed that Greek philosophers were the fathers of all heresies, he believed and famously asked, what has the academy to do with the church? What has Christ to do with Plato? What has Christ to do with Aristotle? What has Christ to do with the worldly philosophies of this world? Nothing. Christ is the wisdom of God. The truth of God incarnate. And it is our goal and hope and desire that we strive to walk in the wisdom of Christ, in the knowledge of Christ. Not in worldly wisdom, those things that are earthly, not in unspiritual, demonic wisdom, which comes from below. Think about what he's saying here. 
Think about what we wrestle with daily, how we simultaneously can wrestle with wisdom from below and wisdom from above, and yet we are Christians. This is a paradox in the faith. And I want to open this up at the conclusion. But we see the result. We see, we see the works of wisdom from below, the origin from, of wisdom from below, and we see also the results of wisdom from below at verse 16. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. For where there is jealousy and selfish ambition in the heart of man, chaos, that's what that word disorder means. It means confusion. It came from the political realm, political discourse, where there will be disorder and confusion. Oh, do we see that now? (laughs) Why? Because there's selfish ambition and jealousy within political leaders and peoples. There's selfish desires and passions. And those lead to division. And what happens? Evil ensues. And selfish ambition arises and takes roots in the heart. Root in the heart. What happens? There's a desire to create self-interest groups within the community of faith. There's a desire to set up a coup. Oh, you think the church is exempt from these things? There's a reason why the world doesn't ask the church for the reason that is the hope within it. Because so often we look like the world as Piper would say. We look like the world so often. Consequently, brother and sister fight against brother and sister who are created in God's image, verses 8 to 12 of chapter 3. And we need look no further than chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. Look with me in your Bible, chapter 4, where we see the results of wisdom from below. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? It begins in the heart of each individual person. And so when there are quarrels, when there is division and disorder in the church, it arose from where? From individuals or groups of individuals. It arises in the heart Verse 2, you desire and do not have, so you murder. Taking Jesus' teaching from the Beatitudes. You heard it said, you shall not murder. Well, I tell you that if you hate your brother, you commit murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. To spend it on your passions, you adulterous people. He's not talking about those essential doctrines of the truth that are being compromised. He's talking about those things in the church. Certain practices in the church that are consistent with the Bible, but yet we get on our bully pulpit and to promote, we promote an agenda, matters of indifference.
the inner man or soul of, of man battles against the world, the flesh, and the devil, and we see it manifest, and we see the results of this when there's quarrels and fights. When you see this in the church or in the home, what needs to happen? Heart examination. Each individual, each individual of each party needs a heart examination. Brought into a, an MRI or something to check the hearts. We need God's word to examine our hearts and expose us, each individually. Where is the earthly, unspiritual, demonic wisdom from below existing in our own hearts? Lord, where do you need to change my heart? Reveal to me the hidden sin within my heart. Transform my heart. Because we're always saying, oh, that person needs to be changed. Well, what about me? That person needs God's grace more than I do. Oh, really? Really? Each one of us needs heart transformation that begins with the word of truth and the Holy Spirit at work in our lives applying that word to our hearts and minds so that we walk in a manner worthy of the calling. One of my favorite words by the Apostle Paul in the Greek New Testament is peripateo. Peripateo means to walk around. To walk around. And he uses it often to refer to Christians walking in the Lord, walking in the ways of of wisdom in the ways of Christ. When you walk around with one another as the people of God, are you walking in wisdom, walking in the, in the way of Christ? In fact, this can be part of your time of fellowship. Because I'm going to say something that's maybe a little bit different. And one thing I really don't find happening in our circles. How about asking a brother and sister in the Lord, how's your walk with Jesus? Has anybody ever asked you that before? How's your walk with Jesus? How's your walk with Jesus? Because people are embarrassed to talk about how they are walking in, in wisdom from below. Nobody wants to talk about it. Because what does it make me look like? Inferior? A spiritual dwarf or weakling? I don't want anybody to see my wisdom from below, my earthly wisdom. Forbid it, Lord. But we all do that at, do this at times. We walk in wisdom from below. Thirdly, wisdom from above. The origin of wisdom from above is in the language itself. From above means from heaven, or every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, from the Father who dwells in heaven. And godly wisdom comes down from a higher level to a lower level. The, the imagery of coming down has this imagery of coming down from a mountain 
just as Moses was on top of the mountain, received the law of God, and he came down from the mountain to give the wisdom of God's law to God's people. Wisdom from above comes down to the people of God through the mediator Moses. Wisdom of God came down through the person and work of Jesus Christ, who is the wisdom of God in the flesh. The wisdom of God revealed in the word of God. And we see the works of wisdom from above in verse 17. Where first wisdom from above is pure, that it is undefiled or uncontaminated. God's people are called to salvation and to holiness of God. And this is purity of life and free from defilement from the world, from sin and evil. Putting to death evil and sin in our lives. Wisdom from above pursues purity. Wisdom from above is peaceable or peace-loving. Proverbs 3 verse 17 says, Her ways, that is the ways of wisdom, are the ways of pleasantness. And all her paths are peace. All her paths are peace. Peaceable or peace-loving is so closely interconnected with wisdom. Wisdom from above is gentle, or some translations have considerate, to be truly equitable and fair in accordance with the truth, to be fair with one another in a way that fulfills the spirit of the law without compromising the letter or truth of the law. Love thy neighbor also means love thine enemy as Jesus teaches. You can love thy enemy without doing away with the law of God. Because to love thy enemy is to fulfill the spirit of the law, which is love. That's what gentleness or considerate is referred to here. Wisdom from above is open to reason, says James. Wisdom from above is reasonable. It listens well. It listens well and is, is willing to recognize that he needs to be corrected, needs to be turned to a, a proper direction that is in accordance with the truth. Open a reason or reasonableness re, recognizes that in humility I need to humble myself to the truth and correct my ways. Wisdom from above is full of mercy and good fruits. Full of both mercy and good fruits toward your brother and sister. It seeks the good and well-being of one another. Selfish ambition and bitter jealousy does not do that. Because its intent is to destroy and to divide. And take note in how James doesn't speak favorably to a person who has faith without works. He doesn't speak favorably towards those who sees a brother in physical need and does nothing. We heard that earlier in James, didn't we? And he's saying something very similar here. That wisdom from above is full of both mercy and good fruits, good works. It's impartial. It's undivided loyalty without partiality. It uses good judgment. We, hit, we saw him explain that earlier in chapter 2. 
Wisdom from above is sincere. That is, the word there is literally not hypocritical. That's the literal word, not hypocritical, meaning sincere. It doesn't play the part or put on a phony act. Friends, these are works or characteristics of wisdom from above or from heaven being manifested in the lives of God's children who have been brought forth by the word of truth. One commentator writes this, listen carefully. It is evident that the heavenly wisdom is preeminently a practical wisdom. A practical wisdom. It is not purely or mainly intellectual. It is not speculative. It is not lost in contemplation. Its object is to increase holiness rather than knowledge and happiness rather than information. Its atmosphere is not controversy and debate, but gentleness and peace. It is full, not of sublime theories or daring hypotheses, but of mercy and good fruits. And the result of wisdom from above is stated in verse 18, and a harvest or fruit, literally fruit of righteousness, is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now this is a a difficult verse to interpret. I don't want to spend too much time here. Some believe that James describes what peacemakers will receive for their efforts, namely peace. Other interpreters believe that James teaches that peacemakers, after sowing the seed of peace, will reap a harvest or fruit of righteousness, righteous works. That's what he's referring to here, righteous works. Not a forensic righteousness or not a a declaration of righteousness that is justification by faith. Whichever interpretation is correct, it's clear that peace is the goal from beginning to end. For wisdom, practical wisdom from beginning to end, its goal is peace, which is antithetical to the wisdom from below. And the harvest of righteousness is sown in peace in the community of faith, and it'll only produce peace if there's a climate, a condition within the community that allows for peace that allows for this harvest of righteousness to grow and produce good fruit. There must be a climate and condition for it within the body. Again, it goes back to heart examination. A few points of application, then I'll close. The way of wisdom from above practices practices peace in all humility. Wisdom, by definition, means humbling oneself before God and others in the truth. It practices peace. The way of wisdom, wisdom, secondly, the way of wisdom from above promotes peace. What do we do to avoid dissension and division? Look at our hearts. Seek the peace of God in Christ and promote that peace to one another. Thirdly, the way of wisdom from above pursues peace with all people. If you're taking notes, Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Do everything you can, says Paul, 
to pursue peace with all people. Do what you can. That means going up to a brother and sister. That means pursuing peace at every possibility. Reaching out, extending an olive branch, reaching out to people in truth and love. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. This is James' exhortation. This is the way of wisdom, wisdom from above. And yet, how is it that we in the same day can walk in the wisdom from below and the wisdom from above? How is that possible? James knows that we sin and often sin grievously. James knows that our tongues are evil and wicked. He spoke about that earlier. He knows our sin and our fleshly desires. And our only hope is Jesus Christ, who is the wisdom of God, the truth of God. Jesus is our righteousness. By his life, death, and resurrection, we have our sins forgiven, and we have been granted the spirit of wisdom to walk in the way of Christ. By his spirit, we have peace with God. And it is a peace that passes all understanding. But it is also a peace that brings us together as the body of Christ to walk in wisdom, to walk in peace with each other in our relationships. Friends, do you lack this wisdom? Do you lack wisdom from above? Are you struggling and battling against sins? Are you battling against the selfish ambition in your heart, the jealousy in your heart, the enmity and hatred in your heart, the bitterness you have in your heart? Are you struggling against the malice you have in your heart? Ask God. Ask God, who gives generously to all who ask in faith. And ask without doubting knowing that he, as your good father, will grant you wisdom from above because that is his will for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. That is a prayer request that he answers when asked in faith. Let us seek together wisdom from above and consequently know the peace of God within the community of Christ, the community of faith, Emmanuel United Reformed Church, and the church universal. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus Christ, who is the wisdom and truth of God, that by your spirit and your word, you, O Lord, are sanctifying us and drawing us closer to you, And that we can come to you and ask and pray in faith for the grace of sanctification. That we may walk in a manner worthy of the calling. That we may walk in Christ for your glory, honor, and praise. And for the well-being and good and peace of the people of God. Oh, help us, oh Lord, to put to death those things that are unspiritual, earthly, and demonic in us and to put on Christ daily. O Lord, we thank you for your holy and divine word, that though, O Lord, we fall and sin, we have a Savior who is faithful to forgive and display and show mercy to us by his once-for-all sacrifice on the cross. 
Oh, Lord God, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, at this time, we're going to turn in our songbook to 133B, standing to sing the three stanzas.